listening to Blood on the Tracks, an exploration and celebration of film soundtracks and scores. Welcome to Blood on the Tracks, an exploration and celebration of film soundtracks and scores. I'm your host, Lee Russell, and this is episode 47. And this time out, we're going to do a nice little playlist of selections from the atomic age of horror and sci-fi, specifically the 1950s, where this genre really sort of came to be loosely defined, because some of these are pure sci-fi films, A lot of them are horror films, a lot of them are a mixture of that sort of thing, but they all sort of deal with the fears of what the atomic age is going to bring, what radiation can do to us, how it can change our society, what effects the radiation will have on uh, the flora and fauna of our world, uh, not just ourselves. And so a lot of these films just sort of play on that, right? So I decided to pick a bunch of tracks from films that sort of loosely fit that sort of theme. Uh, everything from giant monsters to, uh, well, let's face it, there's a lot of giant monsters on this list. There's a couple other little things here and there that are different, but mostly, yeah, it's giant monsters. So yeah, we're just going to get into it. We'll go into our selections here. First couple tracks we're going to listen to. First, we have the main title from The Beast from 20,000 Fathoms from 1953. The score was done by David Buttolf. This is the first, as far as I can tell, this is the first giant monster born of radiation or awakened by nuclear bomb tests, at the very least, attacks humanity. And it's got Ray Harryhausen effects, and it's based on a story by Ray Bradbury from 1951, which was originally called The Beast from 20,000 Fathoms, although he would retitle it The Foghorn in subsequent publishings of it, just to make sure people knew the difference, basically, uh, because there's only really one scene in this movie that has any relation to what happens in The Foghorn, and that's when uh, the Beast comes up and attacks a lighthouse. Uh, the, the story, Bradbury's story is actually vastly different and very sad compared to this, which is purely a monster attacking a city kind of thing. So there was an original score made by Michael Mitchlett, but uh, Buttolf was hired to do a new one here. Uh, he'd done a lot of westerns and uh, TV westerns, especially by the end of his career, sort of retired doing that stuff. But uh, early on, he did tons of movies. He did uh, notable things like Kiss of Death and House of Wax. And uh, yeah, we're going to look at the main title from that. Then we're going to move on to probably the most famous monster movie ever made, and that would be Godzilla from 1954. We're going to look at the main title and Fury of Godzilla from that, and this is by Akira Ofukubi. This guy is a fucking giant. He did 250 scores in his career. He's much more orchestral and classical than the other most well-known composer from Japan for uh, Godzilla films uh, in Masaru Sato. Um, Did a lot of the Godzilla stuff, depending on what movie. Um, And really, I think it's more his stuff that gets recognized at the end of the day. When when you think of the main title of Godzilla, when you think of the the sort of the the chord uh, progression or whatever, the notes, 
it's usually a variation more on uh, what Sato did than what uh, Afukubi did. Really, you, you sort of hear the, the one that everyone's more familiar with in the 1960s when he's uh, fighting King Kong and Mothra, but there's still pieces of Afukubi's in what would you know come to be the more well-known Godzilla stuff. So, uh, yeah, we're going to look at that, and then we're going to come back for more music.
All right, and we're going to round out the first half of the show with three more films here that we're going to look at selections from. First off, we have Blasted Arachnid from Tarantula from 1955. This is credited to Henry Mancini and Herman Stein. Both of these gentlemen contributed a ton of cues to this that were previously written, basically, for other films. And they appear in those uh, previous films, and a lot of this stuff would go on to be in subsequent films as well. But a lot of the stuff you hear here most notably comes from, it came from outer space in this island Earth. Herman Stein had this knack for writing his cues in a way that they could be sort of fit together like a jigsaw puzzle. You know, they could be fit in place for just about anything, and they would work together and flow really well. And you can actually hear that in the score. Stein has 23-odd minutes or so of score here, whereas Henry Mancini has about 15 minutes uh, credited to him. Although, in reality, he only uh, originally got like credit for about 38 seconds of uh, original music written for this. I don't know how much Stein wrote that was original for this, but uh, it was very little. Very, very little. And of course, this is about a giant tarantula. In this case, they're using radioactive serum or uh, a drug of some sort to like try to grow crops and animals. And of course, why not try to grow a tarantula to a gigantic size? That seems like a great idea. Moving on, we're going to look at two selections from Albert Glasser. First off, we're going to have uh, Beginning of the End from 1957 and a suite from that, and we're also going to have a suite called Orchestral Suite 8 from The Amazing Colossal Man from 1957. Glasser did just a ton of these uh, films, uh, B-movies, sci-fi B-movies, horror movies, etc. Beginning of the End is about giant grasshoppers attacking. Uh, The Amazing Colossal Man is about a man who gets... uh, hit radiation and becomes a gigantic crazy person who starts attacking people and uh, there was a sequel to this called War of the Colossal Beast as well and um, yeah Glasser has about 200 film score credits, uh, other stuff Viking Women and the Sea Serpent and War of the Colossal Beast like I said which is the sequel to Amazing Colossal Man and Earth vs. the Spider and We'll end off the first half of the show with those, and we'll be back around after a quick commercial break and finish off the show.
you ungodly warlock. Hello there. My name is Matt, and I'm a humble court bailiff in a courtroom designed to bring musical justice to all. Each week, we have a podcast with a judge and a jury, and we determine whether a song is guilty, not guilty, or not guilty by reasons of insanity. You know, something like, uh... Or maybe it's a cover of Tom Petty. You can find us wherever you find podcasts, iTunes, Google Play, all that stuff. Just look for songs on trial, please. Okay, I love you. Make good choices. This is Michael Caine, award-winning film actor you might know from such cinematic achievements as A Muppet's Christmas Carol and Jaws for The Revenge, where I played a character named after a fucking sandwich. I approve of the following promotional message. Do you like movies? Well, of course you do, you silly twit. You're listening to a movie podcast right now. Do you like podcasts about movies? I mean, if you're listening to this, your life is empty and without direction. So of course you do. Why not continue the spiral downwards with They must be destroyed on sight! Yet another semi-regular podcast about film that will occupy some of that empty space in your soul. We cover every genre, but focus on a lot of obscure and cult films with a leaning towards exploitation. If you want a podcast that's going to talk about a silent film from the 1920s one week and a sleazy biker film from the 1960s the next and then back to something like singing in the rain the next episode they must be destroyed on sight maybe for you so tune in and join regular hosts lee russell daniel hopper paul romani and lee hardy as well as the odd guest host at tmbdos.podbean.com thank you drive through Godly warlock. Back for the second half, and I'm just gonna talk about all these tracks right off the bat because there's not a lot of them, and then I'll just let the music play uninterrupted for you guys, and uh, we'll be done. So, first off, we're gonna look at the main title from Attack of the Crab Monsters from 1957. Of course, this is a Roger Corman directed film, and it's actually a pretty good one, even though. The crab monsters themselves, while impressively made for the time, kind of look a little goofy, too. And it's all the fucking eyes. It's the damn eyes on them. If they had just fixed the eyes, it'd be really impressive. But uh, it's basically about these telepathic, gigantic crab monsters that are looking to conquer the world. And it's kind of a neat idea, honestly. But uh, music here, Ronald Stein... Uh, Big-time AIP guy did It Conquered the World, Invasion of the Saucermen, Attack of the 50-Foot Woman, Hot Rod Gang, Premature Burial, Haunted Palace, Dementia 13, Spider Baby, you name it, he pretty much did it. Good stuff. Uh, Moving on, we're going to have Homura Club, or maybe it's Homura Club. I don't know, it's Japanese. Background music number one from the movie called The H-Man from 1958. This takes a slightly different bent on the sort of radiation stuff. Here it's sort of blob people, like it's a radioactive blob that touches people 
and then turns them into radioactive blobs that can reform as something called liquid men. And then they go around touching other people. And there's two different cuts of this film. The American one cuts out this big, like, mostly cuts out this big subplot about uh, drug running. But the actual original Japanese film, there's a good portion of the plot that's all about, like, you know, drug trafficking and such, right? But yeah, it's, it's very interesting. And the music here is uh, Masaru Sato. We uh, previously mentioned did the Godzilla stuff. Of course, probably most famous, though, for working with uh, Kurosawa in uh, most of his uh, most famous films from the 1950s and 60s. Sato is known for having a really jazz-influenced, Western-influenced sort of style. And you definitely hear it here. Moving on, we're going to go to Fiend Without a Face from 1958, one of my favorites. And this is involving um, sort of invisible creatures created by a combination of radiation and a scientist's own thoughts it's it's kind of it's a little you know it's a little hokey believe it or not you know the idea behind one of these films is a little hokey but it's actually a really cool sort of horror concept the creatures are invisible and they go around attacking people's and then basically sucking their brains out and then when they finally do manifest by the end of the film they are these brain creatures with eye stocks that uh, mutate out of them and they go hopping around and as silly as it might sound it's actually pretty effectively done but uh the music here main titles and end titles by buxton Orr, and then finally we're gonna have a very long suite this is about 15 minutes of music and this is from the atomic submarine from 1959 uh, by alexander laszlo this one is probably the one that stands out the most on this list as being different because this does not involve atomic monsters. This involves us using atomic energy to save ourselves instead of destroy ourselves because uh, it's about the titular atomic submarine, which is used to go deep into the ocean to combat a UFO, which has submerged under the ocean and is plotting to, you know, study us and relay that information back to their home planet so they can invade Earth. And the monster in it is kind of cool. It's this big sort of monstrous blob thing with a giant eyeball. And uh, this UFO itself is sort of hinted at being a, uh, a living organism. So it's it's one of those uh, neat sci-fi concept of uh, a ship actually being a living being of some sort, piloted by other living beings, which I've always thought was kind of cool. So yeah, we're going to look at all those, and I hope you guys enjoyed these selections. I enjoyed compiling them, and... Um, yeah, if you want something similar to this, like if you want me to like move into the 1960s atomic stuff, because there's plenty of those uh, films as well, let me know. But uh, until then, I will see you guys later. Bye-bye.
you for listening to Blood on the Tracks. For further episodes of this podcast or our other podcasts, please go to tmbdos.podbean.com. Thank you. Drive through.